Welcome to another episode of the Time for Some Action podcast. I am your host, Niles E. Uh, with me, Brother T. Uh, how's it going this evening, sir? Good, brother. Uh, just actually down here in New this week, visiting. Uh, got out with the family a little bit. A uh, little beach, beach time because the weather was beautiful out here. But I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Better and better. I uh, can't complain. I'm uh, just uh, trying to find a, a new place out in this, uh, this crazy uh, town we call San Diego. But other than that, good. It was nice to get to catch up with you and the family. We got to get to see uh, you and the kids. Uh, always a welcome sight for sure. Uh, and other than that, just ready to get this show started. We also have DJ on uh, with us here as well. Uh, how's on, things- everybody? What's yeah, going on, my brother? None much, man. Chilling, chilling, enjoying life. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. All right. So this week, I figured we kind of jump on to how. Uh, and expound upon what we were talking about last week on the tail end of the show, which was the, some of the financial uh, things that we were, had in the mix, as well as uh, for the main topic of the show, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit, uh, not sports this time, but we'll definitely delve back into sports. Uh, Lakers won tonight and blew out Sacramento. A quick update on that. But I uh, did want to touch upon uh just something that uh, a little bit of a passion project for me uh, lately has just been music and what it means to me uh, as, uh, in my everyday uh, uh, life in terms of uh, how it sets my mood, uh, different genres of music, and we can even debate on like uh, whether uh, yeah, old school, new school. I know Brother T, you definitely got some opinions to throw our way towards that so that's why I want to kind of talk about today if that's cool with you fellas yep that sounds good to me Absolution. so for, to start out I, I will freely admit that I'm uh, in the old school hip hop uh, zone I'm uh, 80s 90s hip hop early 2000s I still I do listen to other genres but for the most part, I stick to yeah, hip hop, rap, um, some R and B, and I, I will admit I do go to the the jazz and gotta take it uh, there with, from um, the elders, my mom's uh, grandfather, definitely uh, taught me some uh, good jazz jazz music to listen to. But the reason I wanted to bring this topic up was that I find that. Uh, music nowadays uh, at least to me and uh, I'm glad you're on the show for this one DJ and I hope to get uh, uh, your perspective music nowadays doesn't speak to um, 
speak to what's going on in society the way old school music is. And I hate seeing that uh, paradigm shift where now it's more about uh, uh, flash and not substance. And I, I, I just want to have a conversation about that. Yeah, so uh, my opinion on the music industry today is that me personally, I don't really listen to what you would call the mainstream, you know, the most popular, what everybody's listening to. Um, I, I like to listen to like Dom Kennedy, uh, Nipsey Hussle, Larry June, uh, artists like that that talk, you know, real substance, you know, like that motivation music, make you want to go out and do better, get money. You know, just music like that, because like you said, um, nowadays, I feel like the music industry is now being used um, more against my generation than anything. Like the mainstream is being used against our generation more than anything because they have us looking up to these falsehoods of um, uh, houses and cars and women and, you know, the stuff in life that doesn't really matter. You know, like all that stuff is just things, it's material things. So I think that that um, that aspect of hip hop today, you know, I really I really don't like it. But, you know, I'm just happy that I'm able to um, be able to tap into, you know, the real hip hop that's still out there. That's, you Mm -hmm. know, making you want to do better, making you want to, you know, put your family on and stuff like that. So um, I think that nowadays um it's it it's possible to to still listen to music with substance but you know it's not the mainstream cool stuff being pumped mm-hmm. yeah it's few and far between you're right yeah yeah uh, my take on it yes sir uh my take on it is definitely you know I'm uh just like my 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 co-host um i am definitely uh late 80s early 90s uh hip-hop head backpacker i've been been listening to hip-hop ever since i can remember and uh you know this uh this era is definitely uh different a difference for me uh I don't try and I don't want to try and be the you know the old man in the room, the old angry man in the room, and knock the young brothers for the the hustle. But uh, I understand how it's uh, been changed, changed on purpose because you know when we was when we were coming up, you know we had the Public Enemies, the uh, Rakims. Big Daddy Kane, you know, uh, even getting into my teenage years, Nas, Wu Tang, uh, um, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers, Brand Nubian. Uh, we had we had different different genres. Uh, you know, we still had the people think that we didn't have the raunchy, what a quote unquote raunchy uh, stuff back then. No, there was definitely. Uh, two live crew around back then. There was uh, <laughs> too short. Uh, there was uh, also uh, you know the gangster rap, whole gangster rap era with N.W.A. and and then you know Dr. Dre and Snoop and and all those uh, all that uh, genre also. But the difference is now compared to back then, 
is that you had a variety. You you were able to pick your variety and not only with variety, the guys, I mean, I'm sorry, I got to say it. The guys had skills and talent back then. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Nas making a classic album like Illmatic at 19, 20 years old. Uh, some of these young brothers now can't even put a sentence together, let alone a whole verse. Uh, and you know that's 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 because you know they've really pushed this drug culture on our people. Yeah. Back then, you know, it wasn't it wasn't. I'm not saying it was all positive back then because most of the brothers were the dope pushers back then, but they were trying to get out of the game. These young cool brothers talk about are. These young brothers now are really the dope users and influencing the dope, uh, the the narcotics usage, and uh, and then we're not even going to get on what we're doing with our young ladies. You know, we went from having Queen Latifah and uh, you know MC Light and uh, uh, Lauren Hill and different female NCs like that. Now we have. You know, pretty much the birth of stripper culture uh, <laughs> or dope culture, you know, where it's cool to 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 essentially dope men and and, uh, you know, get them sexually assaulted. And that's separated. That's celebrated. I'm independent. I'm an independent woman. I don't need no man. And, and uh, you know, it's like the roles are reversed. The dudes are the dudes, you know, kind of come off more on the effeminate side and the, and the females are kind of taking the masculine role. And uh, I just think that the whole game has been flipped and definitely not for the positive. You know, you've seen the culture really decline past, uh, I would say 25 years, you know, when we had hip hop in the mid nineties, um, most people were wearing, uh, you know, the historical black college t-shirts. And, you know, we had the highest enrollment rate for uh, uh, young black and women and enrolling in college at that time. Now it's, you know, we got more, we got more dope heads, you know, the whole single mamas and, and that whole criteria of life. So um, I also listen to some of the newer brothers, you know, my... I, 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 I'm more of a like uh, old school East Coast 90s grimy type of dude. Uh, the guys that I like listen to really now is like the Griselda crew with uh, West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher and uh, Conway. Uh, of course, you know, my West Coast dudes like Nipsey and, and Kendrick. And then, um, you know, uh, uh, I mostly still just listen to my old head though, but uh shout out to the brothers that's really still trying to keep the game joey badass i, I definitely enjoy joey badass uh music uh but shout out to the young brothers that's really still trying to hold the uh hold the fort of the game it's hard but uh shout out to them just to piggyback yeah. off of that i think that um the music industry is being weaponized on the level of uh making the youth my generation focus on the wrong things in life like i what i stated earlier you know i think that's the biggest thing is um 
our values, you know, if you look at if you look at the most popular music right now, our values are not there, like at all. You know, where they should be. You know, nobody's perfect, but you know, there's no reason you should be promoting drugs and sex and all that type of stuff in music. You know, that doesn't need to be in the music. You know, you need to listen to high frequency music like, you know, the Dom Kennedys, the currencies you know, um, different artists like that, that's, that's like I, like I stated earlier, wanting you to do better, you know, wanting you to go out there, and, uh, have motivation and, you know, it's not F this and F that and F women, and, you know, n- none of that craziness, because I think that that, that, that aspect of music, I think people overlook it a lot because that's, you know, the activity that I would say most of us do the most is, listen to music you know so this type of stuff that you're putting into your brain really can affect your life so so um you know just listening to music like that on a constant basis i think has a long-term effect that we still have yet to see you know so i i just um at the end of the day there's always you know all all the all the negatives we're saying about um, uh, hip hop right now there's there's always the positive part of it you know like I said the artists that I that I listen to you know that high frequency music will get you in that right mood to go out there and you know take over the world uh, you bring up a great point there DJ uh, uh, what is basically being put out there because that's and that's why I want to have this conversation is at what point uh, did the did everything shift from you you were having and now and granted like not everything that was coming out of NWA uh, or Cube or like the dudes that we me and Brother T would listen to in the eighties and nineties would be a hundred percent positive now, but for the most on, part it really was quick now was really quick let me make this point what I feel about NWA is. You know, Ice Cube didn't grow up in the hood. Dr. Dre didn't grow up in the hood. So they were, you know, back then they were putting on a front of a lifestyle that they didn't really live. Just like a lot of these dudes are doing now, you know, but just on a different basis. You get what I'm saying? So it's like now it's 10x because now there's the internet. So, so you know, end up what NWA was doing. Like I love their music. You know, I love their music, but the lifestyle that they were portraying is a lifestyle they didn't even live, you know? So it's like, why was it that that was the most influential hip hop artist at the time, you know, promoting gang, uh, like the gang life and stuff. And they're not even from that, you know? So it's the same kind of thing today, as far as some of these artists promoting drugs and they don't even take drugs themselves, but they're leading their fans to take drugs. You know, so I think that it's it's the same kind of thing. It, the, the game is just it, it, it just twisted in a way. But go ahead. Sorry, I, I just had to make that point real quick. No, I, I mean, and I'm glad you did because that's kind of where I was uh, wanting to go. Is that a lot of these dudes that are uh, were portraying that image weren't really living in that core. Is, well. is, well. is that? with hip-hop was that you're supposed to be telling you know, your story your life your back your uh, your background where you came from uh, through that through that art and it gradually went from 
being uh, where it was uh, truth to it to now it's just all fabricated and being pushed out there uh, to basically uh, sell and manipulate people unfortunately is what I see and that's kind of why I want to see just where what you two thought just what uh, when did that shift uh, happen you think uh, with music and hip hop in, in specific because that's what we're, what we're more versed in I would say if you guys agree with me uh, between when hip hop was conscious and and something uh, that was speaking about uh, actual like things of importance to now this now it's, it's just nonsense that gets portrayed out there. Uh, across, uh, now I, I will say uh, uh, you can obviously find good music, but mostly on the mainstream. And uh, uh, just driving uh, uh, home recently and. I'm flipping dials because there's nothing there of any substance worth listening to. I, I'd rather just let commercials play and, and on the drive home because what I'm hearing is it doesn't really speak to me. So what do you guys take on So I, I think that, you know, this, the social media era is is when a lot of things changed for the good and for the bad. And for the for the music industry, I would say a good majority of it is for the bad, you know, because the reason that we're having this conversation is because social media rules the world. You know, if they were pushing artists like Dom Kennedy, Larry June, Nipsey Hussle, artists like that, you know, we would be having a totally different conversation. But that's just the power of the Internet is that they're putting in front of you what they want you to hear. They're surrounding you by what they want you to hear. They're putting everything in front of you that they want you to be influenced by. You know, so that's where we have to wake up, you know, and realize that, hey, you know what? I got to think deeper of what this is potentially doing to my subconscious mind. You know, constantly listening to music that's, you know, uh, promoting uh, violence and all kinds of stuff. You know, just, just, um, hecticness you know i think that we just have to become more conscious as a as a group you know because me personally just like you just said i i can't listen to the radio you know i don't i I, there's no way i can listen to what they want me to listen to at this point because it's all like to me it's it's not good music you know i can't last without an ox chord like if there wasn't any ox chords i'd literally probably be riding in silence (laughs) <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, for me, I think that uh, the whole era started, you know, it kind of it kind of opened the door with, uh, to me more, not necessarily the NWA era, because NWA still definitely had a message. And uh, although, like my, uh, my other cohort said, that Cube and... Uh, Cube and Dr. Dre didn't necessarily live that life. Uh, Easy E was definitely uh, part of that life, so they did have the real aspect there. You know, Dre, Dre was the Dre was the DJ. Um, Cube was the rhyme writer. MC MC Ren was the rhyme writer. Actually, MC Ren was part of that life too. He was he was from Kelly Park Cribs, uh, but. 
you know, they did have guys that really were from that life. Um, uh, they just happened to hook up with Easy, who was the hustler, and he was the one that put the money behind the whole thing. So um, they did bring that real aspect, and uh, and they did bring the message. Although you know they were talking about uh, a whole lot of the gangster life, but you listen to one of the songs uh, "Express Yourself," where they say, uh, for instance, where uh, one line where they say uh, they don't they don't they don't smoke weed or cess because it's known to give a brother brain damage, and brain damage on the mic don't manage. So they're actually sending an anti-drug message. Uh, it's funny that actually Dr. Dre came out with an album called The Chronic a couple of years <laughs> later. But, but, but uh, it was, it, 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 he's actually broke down the reason why he named the album The Chronic. Of course, they were talking about a whole lot of smoking and stuff, but more The Chronic means that his, his album was going to be the dope shit. Uh, that's why he called it The Chronic. But I kind of seen them opening the door. And then for me, who really kicked down the door of the whole um, materialistic, starting with the materialistic, uh, was the whole Puffy and uh, Bad Boy era. And, you know, and then once Biggie died, you know, Biggie kind of stood, brung the, kept him with the street aspect. And then when Biggie passed, then Bad Boy just went totally uh, all about, you know, shiny suits. You know, popping, popping Moet and champagne, and then uh, Jay Z. Jay Z took it to the to the next level, and then from there, to me, that's when the you know out beside Outkast and Goody Mob, that's when the whole South got in uh, uh, with well, you know with Master P, and they kind of started to bring that down South grittiness to it, and it was uh, to me that's when everything changed is when uh when really when puffy stepped into the game jay-z took it to the next level and it, for me it's been kind of kind of a decline really since about nine i would say 90 98 99 that's when the when the decline the golden era was from about 88 to to 96 97 and then after that that's when we started to see the decline and really the influx of big corporate money in hip hop. And once corporate money got into hip hop, uh, that's when the corporate influence came into the game. Before that whole corporate corporate influence came into the game, hip hop was stayed true to its colors, MCing, DJing, uh, graffiti writing, break dancing, uh, stayed true to their game. After that, name me the last DJ uh, that you've heard scratching on a new on, on on any type of record on the radio. I'll wait. I think the the new the <laughs> new version of like DJing is like producers. So like somebody like Hit Boy, yeah. like yeah. Hit Boy would be your like would be like a DJ back in the nineties. Like Hit Boy is the one. He just uh, they just won a Grammy for Nas's album. He did. He did all kinds of albums last year. So Hit Boy would be like that. I think that's the way that that the music industry um, revolutionized in that way is like the producer is like that beat. 
you know that that's that that's your scratching in the way now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you don't hear you don't hear uh, uh, scratching on on albums anymore, not uh, whatsoever. So um, I just think you know that once the corporate money w- stepped into the game, that's when uh, that's when it really just started to decline and then now we see the whole you know really the um really the whole aspects of um especially our culture when we're talking about our culture i say african-american or uh foundational black american descendants of slaves in in america uh the decline of our culture you know um the like i said the single motherhood you know the quote-unquote fathers not necessarily being around although that's a you know that we we we've been kind of seeing this whole pushback against that myth uh now with uh you know a whole lot of brothers coming out and saying that we just been bashed in the media for the last 40 50 years uh the good brothers that's out there that's raising they they family but uh you know the whole uh the 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 crack generations children's children this is the crack generations grandchildren now so you know that's <laughs> what i think we see so many so much of the dope use and and then like i said the stripper culture you know when you got when you got 80% of uh of black mothers out there that are that are uh essentially have children born out of out of um out of uh, single motherhood or out of wedlock, uh, then that's when you see these uh, these lovely ladies having to go out and uh, and make livings on any way they can, and a lot of them turn to that lifestyle, and uh, and now that culture's been glorified, and we see now that uh, that culture's really stepped to the forefront. You know, uh, it was. I don't watch the Grammys. I don't not watch none of that garbage. But to hear and see some of the stuff, I just seen some images, and I'm like, "Are you? Are we serious now? We're really serious that we can cancel Pepe Le Pew, and uh, <laughs> you know, we can cancel, we can cancel, uh, you know, people just uh, stating their opinions about the vaccines and different things, but." we allow uh basically a, a lesbian stripper performance on stage and 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 that's where <laughs> that's where hip hop is gone it's gone from my boy dirty bot rushing the st- stage saying that Wu-Tang is for the children and we trying to make a difference to a live lesbian stripper performance on stage it's Oh, wow. I, I don't know yeah. what else to say. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, and, sorry to cut you off there, brother. Too, but that's kind of what had me want to have this uh, talk about just where we are uh, in, in when it comes to hip hop. Because uh, I, I will be honest, I don't really listen to any of the, the newer uh, artists that are out there. But when I see. Uh, what you mentioned, though, what was going on at the Grammys, the performance shows, you know, like that's who won, Grant, who won the um, album of the year. It's like, all right, since so, so when did 
is when did uh, things change from not even going all the way back to uh, like uh, NWA, Dre, Cube. You could even when did it shift from what how what Kendrick, J Cole, uh, Nipsey, what they put out to this? It's like all right, and what has happened? And so that's. And and not to go because we we do want to discuss some other things here as well, but that's kind of why why I wanted to have this conversation. Is I was looking at TV the other day and saw a clip of that. It's like you got to be kidding me right now! Like when did we fall so far that this this is considered hip hop? And when others see that, they think, all right, well. I guess and that's that that's a representation of us as black people is that that's how we go about with hip hop now and I don't and I for one don't feel that way at all and, and want to see a shift back to the way things used to be I, I don't want to be that uh, dude saying everything and that nothing has to evolve nothing has to change but there needs to be smart change and that as well as some other things I've seen recently is not smart change. We need to get back to what made hip hop hip hop, I said. Yes, sir. Uh, I I agree. Like I said, I don't want to be the old man in the room just, you know, dogging these young brothers and young sisters out here. But, uh, you know, something, somebody got to say something. You know, because it's not all right, and and uh, it, it, we can't just we can't just continue to sugarcoat and uh, and and baby baby these uh, situations because the next generation is will follow in essentially our generation, and that's being lost, and and eventually uh, we go get we go get replaced <laughs> because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, other people have already stole stole jazz. They've stole rock and roll. Uh, they've stole uh, they've stole uh, hell. They've tried to steal hip hop, and they still continuing to steal hip hop. Uh, they've stole R and B. Name me the last good R and B artist that you know that that have come out with some legitimate R and B. And I'm not talking about you know like. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're not talking about Drake, uh, that type of R&B, or or what's what's another DJ? You could probably tell me even more. Uh, you know what's considered R&B yeah, now, I would but say we don't right now. Probably like somebody like Khaled, or Khalid. I'm not too sure how to pronounce his name. Daniel Caesar, Bryson Tiller. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see. And, I, I'm not too but, big on uh, R&B. Um, but I, I know there, uh-huh. there, there's some pretty there's some pretty decent stuff out there. I would say the R and B scene is way way better than the hip hop scene. But you would never know that yeah, because it's for not sure. what they it's not what they want you to see. It's not mainstream. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's it's not, not mainstream. Promoted you know, whatever you they want you to see, you're gonna see. You know, especially that's how that's how powerful um social media is, that's how power powerful the radio is, all that stuff is the same thing. Like that's it doesn't fit their agenda, so that's not what you hear. Same exact reason why, you know, we talked. You you guys mentioned the Grammys. You know, the Grammys is a joke to me because that the 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 whole thing of J Cole not having a Grammy. Come on now, 
Like, like that makes no sense. And to me, it's not even worth me questioning. It's not even worth me spending my energy on because it's like, you know, it's obvious at this point what you, what you, what you guys are trying to do. And I'm not going to let you, you know, distract me by being entertained by it. And I'm not going to let it make me mad as far as like, oh, this is unfair because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's their game, you know, and I'm not going to play their game, you know, so we're right. not going to let it affect me. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. All right. Good conversation, fellas. All right. Uh, shifting gears here. I wanted to get, make sure we have ample time to go over uh, kind of what DJ you were talking about uh, last week uh, in finances and kind of uh, pick up where we left off on that there. I, I, I sorry, I didn't really get a chance. I know you sent me something via Instagram. I, my phone died, so I didn't get a chance to take a look at it. But if you want to kind of take yeah. the reins from here, so, have at it. So today, I've seen that the uh, Dallas Mavericks, the basketball team, there. Last week, we talked about NFTs, um, NFTs, which are um, like a form of crypto, but art. Well, it, NFTs can literally be anything. So when I say anything, the Dallas Mavericks are thinking about making their tickets NFTs now. So now um, that kind of takes Ticketmaster out. The, like Ticketmaster is not middleman in it anymore. Because last week, that's what I mentioned also is that, you know, NFTs, crypto, all that kind of good stuff is taking the middleman out of everything. Banking. Um, now, you know, for the Dallas Mavericks, Ticketmaster. So what they're going to do is they're going to now um, sell their tickets as NFTs to their fans and the fans can buy and resell them. And every single time they resell them, the Mavericks, uh, they'll get royalties on it, you know, so instead of the, it, the so brokers, get not it. only. Yeah. So instead of Ticketmaster getting it, so not only are the Mavericks um, getting the ticket sale, they're now getting royalties every single time that ticket is sold. So let's say this this game is next hmm. Saturday, and I sell the ticket to Bob, and then Bob goes and sells it to Jim, and then Jim, and it, it flips hands five or six times. The Dallas Mavericks made money on the front end, the middle, and the back, and they're gonna keep making money until that that <laughs> ticket is finally stopped being sold. You know, so I think that's gonna like hmm. we're gonna see in our lifetime trillionaires. Like what what's bigger than a trillion? Like it's 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 gonna blow your mind. And I think that, you know, that just that little example right there just shows you the um the um the opportunity that that's that's in front of us right now. If we could tap into it and you could get one percent of the of the market cap, you know, of, of what NFTs will be be worth, you know, in the marketplace eventually. We talking millions, potentially billions of dollars, you know. So very, very powerful. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, look into this further. I, I was telling a, uh, a friend and coworker about it, and she definitely was sound, sounding interested in it. I told her to make sure she um, checks out the show so to get some more information on it. But it definitely seems like it's something worth. And especially right now, getting in on the ground floor so that uh, we'll elect all these other things when it, when it came to crypto 
and Bitcoin, things of that sort, that if you were in on the ground level, you definitely are uh, seeing some nice dividends at this point in time. And just to, as you mentioned last week, DJ, keep at it. Like every paycheck, put, let's say, if you can afford it, obviously put, uh, say, $150 towards like some type of either stocks or that crypto is not, like that, that is and not keep building your profile. advice, by the way. By the way, do your own. Make sure you do your own independent research. Yes, but continue. Sorry about that. No, yeah, we ain't trying to get uh, chased down here. But saying Niles told me to put this. No, no, nothing like that. But another interesting thing too that I've seen today: Snoop Dogg is releasing his first NFT collection, also. So, like I said, we're just seeing the beginning of this stuff, and it's it's about to be crazy. Like I literally, I seen some um, some digital picture frames with NFTs playing in them. They're doing art studios, digital art studios that have like the VR cameras um, that that takes you into like the whole. Experience. It's just like video games. It's literally how we how um, like when the PlayStation Three came out. And it was like crazy because the graphics were like never before seen and they never thought it was possible. Oh yeah. Wait until NFT, like it, it's, it's gonna get crazy because like now the iPhones, they're able to uh, project out like VR. Like um, if you go on certain apps, say you're trying to buy some shoes or something, um, you're able to like put the shoe onto your table and walk around and it literally looks like the shoe is right there on your table. So, like with the, with with NFTs coming into play, it's it's going to get very 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 interesting. And I know you also you were uh, talking to uh, the other day uh, about uh, hemp or cannabis, and what was oh, that yeah, all about? So, that? Um, weed is going to become huge in the marketplace as far as um, I believe New York I I believe it was New York New York just legalized it Um, so pretty soon it'll be legal in all 50 states what what I'd be looking for you know me personally is weed stocks that pay dividends you know um, especially you know I know some people feel a certain way about smoking marijuana you know that that's up to you but if you're going to consume be an owner of it you know, if you're going to consume on the stock that pays dividends that then pays for your, your weed for the week or whatever, you know, that that's how we have to start thinking is um, is funding our liabilities with assets, you know, and that's an easy way to get in early right now. You know, we see like every week you're hearing something new about um, marijuana stocks, you know, it becoming legal in this state, that state pretty soon it's gonna be like you know that we're out here in california so we've been out here since <laughs> since since they first legalized it we've seen it's on it's on every billboard it's not going anywhere you know so yep. why not yep. be a part of it you know so i think i think um marijuana stocks especially like you, you could you could get in on all different um aspects of it they have you could you could buy uh, the grower 
the grower stock there's certain companies that just hold the land that they then lease to growers like there, there's so much you could you could there's packaging companies and just it, it's endless it's, it's endless and i think right now we have so much opportunity we just got to tap into it yeah i, I especially like you mentioned um when it comes to marijuana, looking at if you just go down to downtown San Diego, the billboards you see are, are just like every other yeah. quarter mile, even. Probably, like, I think I counted it a mile and a half, uh, a mile and a half once worth of billboards. I think I counted like five mm-hmm. marijuana dispensary billboards. Yep. Yeah, it's about to take over the world for sure. It's crazy. For sure. But I think it, it's about time, though. You know, it's about time because I think the government, they've been, um, they weaponized all the things that could that could help our society for way too long. While they have things like cigarettes and alcohol, you know, utterly available, I could literally walk 10 steps <laughs> outside of my apartment and get me some alcohol or get me some cigarettes or something, you know, but... I'm glad to see that there's that there's change happening as far as that aspect goes, because I think that, um, you know, just the benefits of it, it will it will it'll help society. I think also on the other flip flip side of things is that, you know, just like anything else, it can be it can be abused. But we're all adults. And I think I'm happy that they're uh, finally letting people make that choice for themselves. For themselves, yeah. But that's the one good thing I guess your Uncle Jojo is going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jojo Biden. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you're smart, you and some of that stimmy, if you, if, you, if you got it, is to not just go out and spend uh, recklessly, make sure you and do some smart things with it. I'm not saying you can't go out and have have some fun, but uh, use it responsibly. I yeah, would say for if sure. You don't need it. Like if you need it, use it for whatever you need it for. But if if it's just extra money, don't go shopping with it. You know, don't go make apple. Don't go make apple exactly. more rich. Don't go make. Don't make. Don't go right. make all these companies. Don't go make Amazon any more rich. You know, we all seen how much Jeff Bezos pulled in during the pandemic. You know, use that to upgrade yourself. You know, that's what we need to start tapping back into right. as people, especially black people, is we need to start tapping back into ourselves. You know, we, we're too on the outside world. Yeah, I like I know for myself, I know pissed off, paid my car loan off like two, three years early with that. So <laughs> And that, that I don't... in itself frees up <laughs> frees up, you know, more investment money. You know, so yeah. all, all it's about is mm-hmm. using using this time to upgrade yourself. You know, come out of this situation, you know, a better person, not with more clothes and more shoes. You know, because That's at the end of the day, you know, we all got an expiration date. And all those clothes and shoes and, and cars and all that crap, it don't mean nothing. You can't pass that down to your kids. You know, you could pass down you could pass down knowledge and assets. Mm-hmm. You know, so use that stimulus check. Upgrade your life, upgrade yourself, and you know, do it for the future generations. Exactly, exactly, man. And, 
And that's a great, great point there, DJ, is that uh, we need to start thinking you know, more on a generational uh, level as opposed to yeah. just what can I do for myself uh, here uh, here and now. Like, oh, I see this out on sale. Is it really something you need? Uh, at, I mean, at this point in time, you might want to think about, well, I, I got uh, a family to think about and and down the line, what am I leaving behind for them to be able to make sure that they succeed so that to make, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that it's easier for them than it was for you. Yes, our, keep our on goal instilling that. as men is to have trust fund babies, babies that inherit trust funds. That's the goal. You know, that's, that's literally the only goal. Pass down land, crypto, gold, um, and trust funds that that's literally it you know you do that you can splurge on whatever you want after that you know as soon as the family's taken care of you know your kids are taken care of your kids kids are taken care of man enjoy life at that point you know we only get one of these and i think that um this time really showed us that your, tomorrow is not guaranteed you know, so we got to do what we love today. Yeah. Because you can ask anybody that's working a nine to five. There's nothing wrong with nine to fives. They pay the bills. You know, they get everything dealt with that needs to be dealt with. But you ask, you know, a good majority of people if they like what they're doing and they, they'll most likely say no. So why is it that, you know, from zero to 18, no. you know, we're in high school, that's 18 years of your life. From that point on, we either um school or we're working until what is the what is the retirement age 65 so you're you're taking you know the yep. whole the whole um your prime and working for something that that you don't even have passion for you know because we need to stop focusing on the money you know because i promise if we if we started doing stuff that we love and had only the necessities, the things that we need in life and kept things simple, everything, like the world would be a much better place because everybody would be happy. You know, we're able to do the stuff that we love on our time. You know, we not having to, um, because what our issue is, um, is that we live, like the American dream is living on debt. You go get a house yeah. with a mortgage, you go get a car payment, you got credit cards, <laughs> yeah. you got this, you got, you constantly owing somebody money. So you constantly having to work more, you know? So why not switch that and do it the way that the other races do it, you know, and handle what's most important first, you know, live in the small house, you know? So then you have free money to then go and invest and buy back your time. So then when that money starts compounding and compounding and compounding and compounding, you know, now you're able to upgrade your house. You're able to upgrade your, without even having to think about it, without having to say, oh, dang, well, I'm going to have to work extra hours or I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to work 10 more years, you know, because that, that, that's, that's, that's what we're, we're, that's what we're focusing our life on. But like I said, you know, from zero to 18, that's the first part of our life from 19 to 65 that we, most people spend that working. And then most people die in their 80s or 90s. So what? You got 30 years potentially to yourself and the first 18 don't even really count. So what? You, you got 20 years to yourself? I don't think that that's how life is supposed to be lived. You know, so take take that stimulus check if you possibly can and do something with it. Buy you some books. 
um, um, buy you some books, upgrade yourself, upgrade your lifestyle, and come out of this thing a changed person. No, that's a excellent, excellent point, DJ. I mean, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Uh, that was great, man. Uh, I really appreciate you kicking that knowledge there. And, and that, coming from, uh, we, we would say a youngster, but... I'm old so That was amazing there, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old so That's hey, I promise you really, put a, you really got to uh, put a, uh, a rush on that timeline. Brother DJ is is given. I, I I pray that we can live into our 80s and 90s, but the life expectancy life expectancy of black males is uh 67. Yeah, but we think 67.5. The, the reason we changing yeah. that is because we're becoming more knowledgeable and more knowledgeable. You know, every single day, our lifestyles. I think the pandemic has been more like for most of us. You know, knock on wood, has been more of a blessing than a, than a curse. You know, because I know I can say that before before the pandemic, I thought I had it all figured out, you know, as far as everything, you know, everything in life. But now, you know, now I'm realizing that your health is the most important. What you eat is the most important. How you treat your body, the stress you put on yourself, all that stuff matters, you know. So I think that we'll be able to to change that statistic and be able to live into our 80s and 90s not only even say 80s into our 90s and, and the 100s you know and i think i think it's definitely possible absolutely if you following if you following the uh the, the how to eat to live uh if you read the the book how to eat to live by uh honorable elijah muhammad one meal a day uh, definitely. That's what I've uh, definitely implemented in my life: eating one meal a day and and fasting uh, at least three days out of the month. And so, uh, and I know I was just telling somebody the other day I feel better at forty-one than I did at thirty-one. Yep. And I think for the masses, you know, because that like that that diet that you just said right there, you know, that's what I want to grow to. I'm going to keep it real. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that point yet. But the point that I have gotten to and what I think we all can do is start start looking at the food that you're eating. You know, if you if you can't, this is this is the way I start. This is the way I started looking at food. If I can't grow it, if I can't kill it, I'm not eating it. So all that, all the processed bull crap and um, all, all the, because that, that's the problem is we eat a lot of processed uh, stuff nowadays. You know, so if you just live by that, yeah. if I can't kill it, if I can't, um, if, if, you know, if, if it's if it's something that got all these crazy ingredients and oxides and phosphate, all these all this type of weird stuff, so you probably shouldn't be eating it. You probably shouldn't be consuming it. If it has a, a lot of food coloring and stuff like that, you probably shouldn't be eating it you know so mm-hmm. i think that this is the time like this is the golden age you know as far as all the opportunities out there we're all becoming smarter as far as how to treat ourselves our bodies everybody's becoming um more aware of themselves you know and being in touch with their mental health and um the power of meditation all all, all that type of stuff i think we're all just 
tapped in and it's it's our ancestors coming back to help us you know and it's it's a great time to be alive for sure for sure great point there all right so kind of want to respecting your time dj kind of want to wind down the show here I did want to, uh, before we uh, kind of wrap it up, want to get you guys' take on the Final Four. I know we said no sports talk, but uh, with the Final Four uh, going on and, and our next show won't be till next Friday, it'll be over and done with by then. Uh, who do you guys see uh, winning it all at the, at the end of the tourney this year? Yeah, later win. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Mm, I'm going to go Gonzaga. I think that team is really, really deep. Uh, Baylor, they're, um, they're off and on. Houston is, eh, they're, they're, they're solid. They're solid, but I think Gonzaga, they just have too many pieces. And if UCLA can pull this off again, I'm going UCLA because yeah. I have to. <laughs> I, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. Uh, I'm gonna say the same thing that uh, my other co said. Uh, that I, I'm gonna have to go with Gonzaga. I was, uh, I, of course, I want UCLA to win, being from LA. Uh, but Gonzaga's uh, really deep. I've been watching them pretty much the whole year. Gonzaga's really deep. Baylor, Baylor has the talent. Mm-hmm. They have more. NBA talent on the team. If Baylor comes to play, uh, Baylor can give Gonzaga. They, as far as talent is concerned, they're definitely right there talent-wise. But I think Gonzaga is more, um, more. I would say uh, not physically gifted, but uh, um, fundamentally sound. Baylor's yeah, really like good. Baylor's really good. I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor pulled it off. But I think uh, that Baylor-Houston game is really going to be a dog oh, fight. Yeah. Uh, Houston, Houston's got some dogs. They they got some uh, guys that are really, uh, really, uh, really street ballers. They bring they bring that high intensity every <laughs> every night. Uh, that's going to be the game for me to really watch. But uh, I, I still got Gonzaga in the end. I think that their uh, fundamentals and their uh, depth is going to carry them to uh, their first uh, national title. But I'm just glad to see. I'm glad to see the Pac-10 or Pac-12. I'm sorry, represented really well. If UCLA can pull this off, uh, I, I I don't know what I would do. I think that would be the cherry topper here. You know, as bad as the years with the whole C-19, losing Kobe, uh, um, losing Kobe is the big, the, uh, and the C-19, of course, are the big things. Uh, we've lost so many people this year. But if UCLA can can win it, you got the Lakers, the Dodgers, and UCLA win a championship within a year. That's what I was about and, to say. That'll be that'll be the start topper for me. Yeah, <laughs> that might be their motivation to take them over the top. The Rams couldn't do it, so we got one last hope. 
the Rams and SC couldn't do it, so maybe <laughs> UCLA could do it. <laughs> but, but, well, so you get to go from the first mentality. four to the final four. I mean, that's been uh, that's been an accomplishment onto itself, and that's really gonna, I think, really bring the floodgates to open up UCLA to really become a a, a powerhouse. Yeah. Recruiting wise, yeah, for sure. I didn't. Yep. One more thing. Right, I didn't fellas. think Cronin would be able to do it with his uh, with his Midwest style out here on the West Coast. So I want to give him some credit too, uh, bringing that bringing that tough Cincinnati yeah. grit to West Coast uh, basketball. I didn't think he would be able to do that, but uh, kudos to him and the run that the, that the team has had. Yeah, as you know how we normally uh, describe Cincinnati, at least old school Cincinnati. So. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that's that stellar graduation rate they had going on there. Uh, we we are older gentlemen now, so we can't we can't uh, can't say right. No, we can't pride say it. no. Uh, we can't say Cincinnati University. But yeah, the graduation rate was pretty off the chain back in the late in the mid nineties, early two thousand. <laughs> uh, I think that I think that's a good capper for the evening, uh, fellas. You got anything you want to add before we close out the show today? Um, can't wait to tap back in. Uh. I just want to, yeah. I just want to say I thank God, I thank a lot for giving me another day to breathe. You know, I had a, I had a quick, I had a little incident on the freeway this this past week that was, uh, <laughs> that really had me counting, counting my blessings and thanking, thanking everybody uh, that's hit me up and and I'm just I'm just happy to be able to survive another day and hopefully continue to improve and uh and just thank you i appreciate appreciate everybody that's supporting uh, the podcast uh glad to have my other my other co-host my other nephew on here it's been two fantastic shows so uh thank you for lending your knowledge and your uh expertise and also the youthful exuberance my pleasure my pleasure uh, Uh, and I just want to kind of piggyback on that there as well. It's been great having you on here this past uh, two shows, DJ. We definitely look to continue that momentum going forward. And we can see if uh, schedule-wise work out to get uh, another one of, of uh, uh, the family members on as well. He's currently knocked out sleep but, uh, for good reason, so we ain't gonna uh, rag on him too much for that, but hopefully next week we can get him on uh, and have uh, bring another show uh, with uh, some more interesting topics to everyone. So for uh, this is Niles E, uh, Brother T and DJ, we are signing off and we will talk to you guys all next week. Peace, family.